Previously on AFTN. You were selling license plates that you could, those covers that you put in your car. Oh, yeah. And it has on it Angry Bastard Scotland. I might have to buy one of those. Anyway. Christmas next year. Yeah, yeah. 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 You you could t- I don't you know could if I'll you. get pulled over though or pulled off if I've got got that in my car. I don't know. Anyway. Pulled over is the correct Pulled over is the phrase yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah, it's not half time. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory, the University of British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And if you're listening to this show in the podcast, this will be episode three, three, three. And I think three is the magic number, or three, three, three is the magic number, although for the white caps, four was really the magic number, because we are no longer pointless. Points-wise, table-wise, we've got a point. It was not a Cascadia Cup classic. I think that is fair to say. But it was definitely a, had a, the feel of a derby. Well, yeah, because there was opposing fans in the stadium. No, and no, 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 no. I meant on the pitch. Like no? One one booking. Not, but not on the sideline, mm. because every game matters. Yes. Oh man. We yeah. will be coming to that. Yeah. But no, I, I I mean, what I look for in a derby sending offs. Right. Some altercations on the pitch, some pushing and shoving yeah, at the okay, final whistle. Fair. Oh yeah, there was none of that, right? Rights in the city centre, chairs and tables getting thrown through pub windows. But that was the old firm derby today in Glasgow. Right. Which left Glasgow like a riot zone apparently afterwards. We were a lot quieter here in Vancouver. We're nicer in Canada. Those pesky Scots, you can't trust them. All the best Scots left and then created Canada. I think that's <laughs> that's, that, that's, what, that's what my history books told me anyway. But yeah, this wasn't exactly a classic, but it was an important first point on the board. How crucial would you say it was to appease the fan base a little by making sure that March didn't end with no points? I think it was crucial in the fact that I won the contest from last week <laughs> of when they were going to get their first point. Uh, but other than that, yeah, and you, I, yeah, that and you called the result. Oh, well, I called the draw. Yeah, one-one yeah, yeah. one draw. I was yeah. off a little bit there, but I, I, I think it was very important. I know they, they said they were going to take their time. I, I personally think they should have had points in previous games, like we said in previous weeks. I mean, they could but, have had three by now. Yeah, pro, pro thinks they should have too. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. So, Good old pro. 
Uh, so I, I think the I think it is very crucial. So it doesn't just look like a goose egg on the under the points column for the Whitecaps. There are some teams some, I think they still have it. Something to yes. laugh, laugh at San Jose about. Yeah, exactly. Plus, Steve, ultra clean sheet. Yes. Yeah. First one in uh, almost that a year. That was almost trending on Twitter last <laughs> night. A few people got in touch with us to say it was an ultra clean sheet. <laughs> for for anyone that's not sure what we're meaning by that, well, let Steve explain. This well, it's basically last year because they were <laughs> they were always giving up two goals. Whenever they gave up one, it was a clean sheet and zero <laughs> would be an ultra clean And it it's almost was a year before they got that. Yes. Too. Yeah. April um, 27th. Canadian Championship, yeah, there was one in, I think, in July or something like that. But in yeah, MLS, okay. MLS play, yeah. it was the first one. It would have been a year next week. MDS has talked about wanting to attack and to entertain at home. This was far from that for vast chunks of the game. But in a lot of ways, that was forced because of personnel issues, guys coming back from international travel. Huang and Reina. Good quote afterwards that, that Huang, when he, when he spoke to him about him, said, uh, I'm dead. It's like, I can't, I can't go. And at least we got a little bit out of him. I was a bit surprised we didn't see anything of Reina. Because the two of them were running about on the training pitch on Friday, but that a big surprise for you? A little bit. Uh, Does it say more about maybe Reina as the the input or lack of it he's actually had this season that it didn't really matter? Well, it could be that, but I think it also has to more do with the the approach to I think ba- the way they set things out again. It felt like they just didn't want to lose, right? Yeah, Which I think it was the right approach because you're facing a dominant attack that's got 10 goals so far from the first three games so in some quarters mds is taking a little bit of ire from people over the fact that this was uh, a vastly different approach than what he's talked about the whole time or the other the other perspective sorry is like like you said this (laughs) when you're playing seattle who is uh, in a different league than you in terms of their salary spending and the the options they have in their, their still roster. Still in the MLS West, Zach. Right, yeah. But but not in the not in the spending. No. Actually watching a few of the games this weekend, I was speaking to Har about this at the game yesterday. It feels that you're watching a different league at times yeah. when you're watching some teams totally. play. And Seattle's one of those teams and they've shown it and they sh- they showed that in their first three games and so I think y- you can't begrudge the coaching staff for taking the approach they did. We've got to talk about the the big talking point, I guess, that came in stoppage time. The penalty, the no penalty, the VAR. Third week in a row. And for once, I'm not about to cue Steve to play <laughs> I'm an angry bastard because I'm actually okay with it. I am pissed off because VAR ruined it. If there was no VAR, it would have been a penalty. Wong goes down under the, the challenge of Kim. Everyone was talking about the Korean-Korean matchup before the game. We got to see what that could have been like for a whole 90 minutes. Just chaw. Robert Sabigia, or whatever you pronounce his name, pointed to the spot. BC place erupts. Right away, I said, yeah, that's not a penalty. That's getting ruled off. I thought it was a clean block initially, too. I did not see it as being a penalty, and it looked like it, too, once it in, shot. In the, in the stadium, I didn't see where a penalty was. But having looked at it later, I actually disagree with both of you. I know we were talking about this earlier today, Steve. Yeah. Uh, but oh, in your private meeting without me? Okay, no, we then. just we ran into each, each other, other in the, in the, sure. the Fraser Valley, in the Langley Massive. Fraser Valley. Fraser. There's no I. I we've, we've been over yeah, this. I know, whatever. I get letters of complaint. <laughs> I have a full mailbag. Um, no, so um, 
Yeah, no, actually, I, th- I, I, I thought I thought it was a penalty. Marty Santos does as well, which we'll hear shortly in the coach's audio. Because yeah. here's the, here's the, there's a multi- multiple parts of this why I think you, it's, it, it's not clear and obvious to overturn. One, I think the referee has an incredible view of it uh, yeah. in, the, in the original play. Uh, perhaps even better than any of the views that that we saw on, on the uh, on the on the replays. Uh, the player goes in uh, two footed, stud showing. I know he I I know he gets makes wins the ball or or whatever, but he then his follow through goes through the player and like we've talked about in some of these previous discussions over VAR decisions. Just because you get the ball doesn't mean you can then go through the player. But and, based on the uh, Cornelius on Elise foul, they did say that the, getting the ball was important and that's why it shouldn't have been called. Oh, now, I'm, now uh, that's why I'm saying that if they, they do the review, they'll probably say that was correct call. Now, I do agree with you that if anywhere else on the pitch that, that, that occurred, yeah. that would be a foul. N- there's no question at yeah, all any yeah. any other place, yeah. any other time in the game that that's a foul. Yeah, so I, 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 like, I'm kind of backing up on yeah. the way you So yeah. it's re- yeah. to me, it's re- like, and I'm not all whatever, because to me, they could have given one to Godoy for that, for the, when the ball hit his hand when he slid in the first half. Yeah. But... That that one that one's maybe that, a little, that, that one's maybe a little more debatable in terms of a natural position, yeah, <laughs> right as you're sliding or whatever, uh, which will change later uh, with the new uh, rule change yes. that you talked yeah. about earlier, Steve, a couple weeks ago. But but to me, it, it's a penalty. Yeah. Like so so when I went, I watched it with my kids uh, today. I watched it with my kids today. I said, oh, we just got to watch the end of the game here. I got to see exactly all that was looked at, and I saw it. And like right away when it happened, I'm like, this is a that that's a penalty. And then I watched the replay, and I'm like, okay, I can see why. I can see why you might think, okay, maybe, but clear and obvious, not for me. And, and I know, I know, most people think it was the right call, but yeah, death Vardar. That's <laughs> what I'm. I'm going with from now on. I, it's been the death of the white cap. Yeah, I, I. But I. One, one thing I say again, I, I. Even if it's part of the rules that you, if you get the ball, it doesn't make a difference. I like it that way. I, if you get the ball first, even if you go through the other person, I have no problem with that not being a penalty. But that, but, I, I just, but I, you can't have that because no, then you I have understand. guys sliding through the ball and then just destroying people. Yeah, which, like which, 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 which he, which he, again, his con. Uh, the other, other point, the we, counterpoint to my point is his contact with Inbaum is not that crazy. Like no. not that. Uh, it was a Ni- Nigel Rio Coker esque. Yeah, where he flipped over. <laughs> so, but still, for me, I think that should have the penalty should have should have been given. Well, that's some of our initial thoughts on the game. We're going to hear now from both head coaches. Nail, 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 nail. I mean, it was hard fought, yes. I think there was a little bit of excitement at the end. But for 80 minutes of the game, there wasn't much excitement. So, you know, it was hard to hard to break a team down that was playing defensive. But, you know, I thought there were some things that we certainly could have done a little bit better to, you know, try and unlock the game, score a rule, and that would have made them come out. Coming into halftime or coming out of halftime, what were those thoughts as that it – there was some good pace down the left-hand side to start the second half. Yeah, there was some space down the left-hand side, but I didn't think we were clever enough. I mean, teams know what we try and do. 
go down the left. So we need to track them over to the left side and then change the ball quickly over to Jordan and Kelvin's side. I don't think we did that with the right timing. Um, you know, playing in between the lines, just having them have a little more patience. This team, it's hard for them to play with patience sometimes. So, you know, there were some little adjustments we tried to make, but they didn't, they didn't work. With that, you still get a point. You're 3-0-1, it's the best start in Sounders history. Thoughts on that? We, we, we feel it's two points lost tonight. I mean, yeah, a little reckless at the end there. You know, we got to clean that up. Gave them a couple of counters. But for us, I thought we were in control of large parts of the game. How much credit do you give a guy like Steph for, for basically staying alert enough in a game like this where there wasn't much going on when, when he had to be? Goalkeeping's a hard position for a lot of different reasons. But he actually earned his money tonight. Sort of like a lot of Vancouver games up here with them sitting so deep. Sort of a new regime. I mean, was there anything different about what they were doing tonight than what they typically do? Or just kind of the same old them trying to sit in? And... It's different coaches, so I don't know if it's the same old regime. You know, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm not going to talk about what they may or may not do. For us, it's just we need to figure out ways that if teams scout us, how do we then adapt? What's the next step in our evolution, in our attack? How do we break teams down when they stifle some of the things that we're good at? You've always had faith that this team is going to start to put things together. Is there a sense of relief at getting the point today, or is this what you've been expecting to see from the team? Um, sense of relief to get the first point, yeah, it's always a relief like to break the ice because you don't want pressure to accumulate um, too much. Um, but yeah, always a sense of belief. I always add, and I said it many times, and if you look at results in MLS, um, you see games of 3 nothing, 4 nothing, 5 nothing, and you see in the three losses that we had, it was always, I always said, it's little details, little things. Uh, what I criticized last week was uh, sometimes um, I felt that or, or uh, not the full team at the same time at, at commitment uh, in the defensive organization part. And sometimes we were detached. So we spoke about uh, a lot about this during the week. Uh, we went through video. And um, I'm just going to talk now about the defensive organization part. I think the mentality and the commitment and the, the players, I would say, were at the level of defense uh, tonight in that part. Uh, now, could we have created a little bit more opportunities? Yeah. Uh, in moments, we didn't hold the ball well enough to allow the team to move up. And we, we, we were a little bit, uh, we weren't that clean in the first half, especially in their half. But did we have like big moments to to create chances? Yes, there's this this big chance from uh, Ardais in in the final stages of the game that led to the VAR uh, decision. So I think overall it is a step uh, it is a step forward. Uh, coach, your thoughts on the sequence there and the extra time? The, the VAR? Yeah, and the, and the result of the VAR. Yeah, I'm always careful. I think uh, to talk about this and. Um, I'll put it like this. Uh, if this type of foul was in the midfield, I think the ref would have whistled the foul. Um, I think it was reckless. It, he went 
all the way to try to defend uh, his goal, and I understand, but then his movement continues, and it was it was reckless. And uh, we can we can mix other games that we played into this one because one game is in Houston, the other one here. But if you look at the f the type of foul of Derek uh, Cornelius on on Ellis, and now this one, why is one a penalty and the other one no? Um, and I felt that our fans, for 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 everything they were during the game, um, they they deserved uh, uh, that goal. Uh, but before the penalty, I have to highlight the the play from Ardais to get open and the the, the very very good save from uh, Stefan. The gaffers there, Seattle Sounders Brian Schmetzer, and of course, Mark DeSantos. Just to, to finish this section off, we're just going to quickly go through our usual, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the game. Now, quite a lot of good points I'm taking from the game, all of them on the defensive side. Now, it was a solid defensive display, and for me... Daniel Henry was a beast back there. I, I've been critical of him regularly in the past. performance. He threw his body at the ball to keep that clean sheet. The block in the line, the just throwing himself into tackles in a good way. I thought he was outstanding. And if he can keep that level up, very excited about the, what the future The problem is, is when he, when he gets his, like, uh, flails his legs there, yeah. there are chances he's going to get an own goal. So you got to remember yeah, that. Yeah. When you, if you're going to expect that, expect an old goal once in a while. I expect this every week now. <laughs> but there was one or two times where he did that, kind of flinging his leg out to cut out a pass yeah. that was c coming across the boxer yeah. that was really quality. He was fantastic. Yeah. Him and Godoy, I think, have got a nice little partnership going there. And it's just going to get better and better. Do you think also he's feeling a little pressure because Karimi is uh, fit and healthy and he's on, he was on the bench? And is he worried that... that he would be their first choice if if everybody's healthy at the beginning of the season. It's good to have that pressure. So yeah. yeah, I mean, when you've been in a defence that's been making a lot of mistakes, you need to up your game when you've got guys pushing you. Brendan McDonough has gone away with under twenty threes as well and has been quite impressive over in England. Got a goal. Has had a, quite a few good displays there. And Cornelius was dropped from the bench too. Yeah, uh, Cornelius he's is, got uh, an injury. Oh, I mean, does he? he oh, took, I didn't know that. Okay, he took a, yeah, I talked to him after the game. Uh, DC, as he doesn't mind being called. Oh. Um, um, he He's took, a marvel. Yeah. Oh my! He took a he took a knock in the. Canada oh, I didn't know game. that. Okay. Yeah. So he says he's he's now good to go. Yeah. Like I said, are you going to be available Friday? You think he's like I should be? Like I feel I'm fine. Obviously, coach's decision on where he ends up in terms of starting bench, not 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 involved in the 18. But yeah, he's good to go now. But yeah, that't why the, he wasn't okay. dressed. Gotcha. Can we possibly start a DC and Marvel thing for Cornelius and Henry for when they're with Canada? If you want to, yeah, let's get figure that, that out. Get that trending. But the back line's looking good. Jake was okay. He was probably the weakest of the, the four, I oh, felt. Wow. But Ali Adnan, yeah. that is what a left-back looks like. Yeah. We've finally got a proper left-back. He he's got the height, he's got the speed, he's got, he's got the full everything. He's, he's got the rugged, handsome looks. He's got the smile. It was great to have, there were so many Iraqis in the, in the stands. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got to meet some Iraqis from Seattle, some from Vancouver. It was yeah, it was it was good. 
No, I, and I, I know you said Jake was the weakest. I think, but what we saw from Jake was good that he was getting forward. It was obviously the delivery wasn't that great, but I agree with you. Ali Anand is exactly what they advertised yeah. when they brought him in. I, I, I was saying to someone he's probably the best left back we've had in the MLS era. Whoa. Then Alan Rashad. Okay. Yeah. I, I have Adnan above him. I, I got to see more of Adnan, but yeah. Adnan, yeah, I agree with that. That he's been bowled over clearly. Like he's he's got the potential and to to definitely be better than Rashad, but he's got to do it in Vancouver. He just can't say he's the yes. best talent. Yeah. I don't want Alan Rashad's you, wife getting at me at Twitter. You could, you could say he's the most talented left back we've ever had, yeah. but I don't think you could say the best white capped left back ever. The thing, of course, is can we keep him? Now, looking at various things like transfer market, had his kind of value at like five to eight million. A few folk online have talked about possibly two million we could get him for, make him a TAM player. And he, he's saying the right things that he wants to stay in MLS, he likes it here, etc., etc. You have to feel, though, that the lure of Europe is going to be big for him. I think we could have a chance of extending the loan to the end of the year. Now, what if he's been blackballed, at least in Italy, because of the... What, it's uh, just the, that one club. I know, but what if other clubs... backed him up, though. Okay, did it? Okay, yeah. so I thought maybe that might go no, through they, the No, they felt thing. that he had been really harshly treated, yeah. but they've no, no space for him right yeah, now. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. I would be surprised if he's here longer than his loan. I, I would, would be, be as well. I would be shocked if they were I'd willing be to pay. from this initial view. Well, yeah. But I would be like shocked if they were willing to pay $2 million for a left back. No, they're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I think that would be a low. That's a, low. that's a cheap thing, yeah. yeah. If it's more, there's definitely no way. And I, yeah. Can I get that? But then if he can be a difference maker, maybe... Splash the cash. Yeah, well, sorry. Yeah, that's fair. Because, yeah, based on that very limited one-game sample size, yeah, he has the potential to be a difference back, difference maker from left back. Well, that was the good. The bad, the midfield. I think there, there's a wong-sized hole, and it's kind of a little bit worrying as to what this midfield could look like when he's not in it. I think that's the first time you pronounce his name right. I, I'm... <laughs> You're working on it? Over the course of the show, we could have about five different pronunciations of his name, I think. We had very little creativity again. Very little hustle. Seattle for swaths of the match had a bit of a field day in the middle of the park. Felipe, for me, was not good again. Yeah, I agree with that. I think... And he was lucky not to get booked before he got booked in stoppage time. I thought he was going to get booked way before that. And his... Booking uh, was that was fine. I was okay with the booking. He really? Got. Yeah. Because it was one of those just cynical fouls. Yeah. Like, that's I don't like. You those. need to. Oh, well, I do. Do you? Well, if, okay. you, if you're trying if to stop a break, if yeah. it's it, it depends on the timing. The the break didn't feel that uh, didn't feel that dangerous to me. You've seen our defense. <laughs> <laughs> the one you just praised. Prior. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I, I so I felt that I was cynical and maybe not the best time, but I I, you, I, I might have been right. I feel like he doesn't. He's not connecting with Arise or even Tiber. Yeah. Uh, it feels like he's waiting for the pass instead of finding the open spots to get the pass from them. You know what I mean? Like he he's just standing there waiting for somebody to get it to him instead of moving around a little he, bit. He isn't the Felipe that we saw no. at Red Bulls and at Montreal yet. I'm hoping well, he unlocks. But okay, two things about about this game specifically. One, this midfield I think did 
the job it was supposed to do. Probably, yeah. Which was to, to make sure we don't concede. Yeah. And okay, to make so, sure we didn't hear the name Ladero that much. And right. I, we didn't hear his name right. that much. Or and Jordan so, Morris, who did not have one shot. Well, that was, Ali, the that was Ali Adnan. Yeah. There. So they get full marks for that. Were they lacking maybe creative and going forward and linking play and finding the center forward? Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. You can take doc marks for that. The other thing is, is that you were drawing from a very limited pool of midfielders for this oh, game. Oh, yes. Right? Like, yes. that's that's a significant You thing. basically had only five healthy shoulders in that midfield. Yeah. <laughs> it's I know. true. We're, we're going to come to, to Rosoya in the second part. But, yeah, I know it was needs must. He kind of had to, to be in there. I don't think Montero, though had a good game up front again. I know he's a bit isolated. He showed yeah. some frustrations. He did. I, d- I don't know whether this was seen on the TV broadcast or oh, not. Oh, he did. But I, yeah, I saw there it. There was one of the crosses yeah. he put in. There was no one there. He kicked the advertising board. Because someone should have been there. Yeah. Him, ideally, because he's the striker. But I, I, he just seems off. I feel he's a little bit tired from a long season. Martin Santos feels he's getting better and better every game. I'm just not seeing. Well, that, he had the one chance where Fry, that little deflect deflection yeah, inside an, the area, that yeah, was a that great was save by Fry. But other than that, I agree with he really didn't have the support. Um, the wingers again. I I think you should put the wingers in the in the bad part. Yeah, actually, so that's, I don't that's feel. Fair. Ex- Last had a little bit. PC was giving the ball away a lot. Yeah. Uh, there were, he had con- connectivity issues definitely Once during again, that midfield. Whoever started between Bangura and Venuto was the worst of the two, yeah. Yeah. and then whoever comes off the bench is the it's better. better. Of the two. Yeah, that's still a, a disturbing trend. Yeah, I think we should just like make halftime well, subs at this. Rate. DeSanto said that I don't know if you guys are during the week. You mentioned about Venuto that he obviously came in late, but then he also went away for his uh, first child's birth. Oh, I did not. know No, yeah, he said that in the radio in one radio interview. So maybe he's been a little bit off. You know how mm-hmm. that messed up Brexit too. Last year, but uh, you're 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 when you're playing one lone striker. One thing that Vancouver needs more of is they need a, a center forward who can hold up the play more, and not like link play, like in terms of being uh, you know the crazy creative fulcrum of the team, but someone who can bring other people into play. And that I don't think is happening a lot no. right now, or it didn't happen in this game for sure. Last bit for this part. The ugly side. And there wasn't a lot of, of ugly sides I would take from this game, but one in particular I want to look at was the set-piece delivery. It was horrible. The corner kicks. They practised corners on Friday a lot. And the, the plan seemed to be high ball in to go over Daniel Henry's head. Ali Adnan was to be at the back, and he was the guy that was going to head it in. And if you watched, you saw Adnan waiting to make the runs. Now, at training on Friday, they were having trouble getting the ball over Daniel's head. Everything went to Daniel and he was headering it. And I was like, that's not the, the worst case scenario. You've got a good header. Nothing went off the deck. It yeah. was unbelievable. They couldn't get it off. Yeah, the, uh, the what you described sounds exactly like the old Whitecaps looking for Jordan Harvey isolated at the back post. Um, but yeah. Adnan's got a bit more height than, than Yeah, Harvey just a little. That, yeah. like three inches or something. Um, but that PC... And Felipe's deliveries. It was it was horrible. it was an off night. Someone asked Mark De Santos at the end of the press conference, "Was that by design?" And it's like, no. The, yeah, they were mentioned. They, they were mentioning it on the on the TV too. That it was a, well, this must be by design because it can't be that bad. They were that bad. Well, the, the only thing, the only partial saving thing is that once or twice they got some second balls that came off those poor those poor balls in. But yeah, it was not good. Yeah. But that's it for our chat about this Sounders game. We've got a lot more in store in tonight's show. 
and we will be bringing you some more Whitecaps chat after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Clarice Clark has no legs. Cheer him on now. Cheer him on. That was the final song by our Artist of the Month for March, the Sultans of Ping FC. Going up with the bang. Yes. From their first album, Casual Sex in the Cineplex, that was Cletus Clark, about a pole vaulting tallyped. Cork's finest there. That's actually based on a guy that they really knew. Now, everyone's going to be wondering, who are the Artists of the Month for April? You'll have to wait. I yes, I think you'll like it. But you are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. We're going to have some more Whitecaps chat in this part. And I want to start by talking about injuries. They are starting to, to mount up a little bit. Yes. And it's getting a little bit worrying, especially in terms of the midfield. Now, Russell Tybert played that game on Saturday with a separated shoulder. He yeah. had it iced. Partially separated? No, is it partial? Can I you have know. a partially separated? No, you can't have a partial. You, uh, uh, but it sounded like he said separated shoulder. I don't yeah, think he, he said partially. He did say partially. He, 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 he got injections before the game, yeah. and he got an injection he, uh, I, at halftime as well. I really, I know it's a needs-must situation because there's really no one else you could have put in unless you risked Twong for at least the first half or something, but... I don't think that was a good idea. That can do a lot more damage. I've seen it with players before. It just it seems a weird one. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I guess they needed them. Otherwise, they they could they could they, could, they, they, they could have gone four four two. They could have gone four four two is yeah. what they wanted to. It, uh, I know it's not ideal. Maybe Montero slides back a little bit to help out I, in the I, midfield. I just don't think that would have worked with all the work they've done so far. I think yeah, that would have that would set them back. and how they wanted to play. Yeah, too. another midfielder that has an injury now we all know about Andy Rose as well but David Norman yes he has a lower leg injury yes I'm going to say foot but Zach's going for a lower leg he got it over in the UK with the under 23 development team had to fly back was at the game yesterday they're waiting for the full test results which I think is going to be Monday Tuesday but it's not looking good for him he must be in a boot then right he was wearing a boot would you say yes yeah yeah, because yeah. well, some people were like, oh, why didn't he play? In even, but you know, even if it's a minor injury, you're still going to put somebody in a boot. So you can't, yeah. you can't say it's a major injury because of the boot. had a boot on for about two or three months, did he not? That time, yeah. it's like, it was, oh, it's just a minor knock. It's like, wow. <laughs> he's wearing the boot he's for... really loving this boot. <laughs> for fashion purposes. <laughs> yeah, it's part of his new rap gimmick that he was going yeah. for. Our boot or something. <laughs> das Boot, the German rapper. 
But yeah, it's a little bit worrying. We are getting a bit weak in the midfield department. You don't want to bring in another DM because no. you've got like Baldissimo who's injured as well. Simon Coline, who's not a DM, but he could play in the midfield, is over with the U23s as well. At a push, you could bring him back. Well, speaking of former Whitecap DMs, um, this uh, this weekend in Norway... Uh, oh, um, my a, good a, friend Effie. Yeah, he started at right back, opposite of Sam Atacubia left back for Villaringa. And how did that go? Uh, that I'm not sure. I just oh. know he started. Don't tease us like that. But a guy that is a staple, at least, of the midfield is Johnny Risi. The, the Spaniard has come in, looked really good in pre-season. He's had a bit of mixed reviews in the sort of games that he's played so far. I've liked what I've seen. He's an unsexy DM in a lot of ways, especially since he shaved that beard off. I spoke to him on Friday and he had the beard. Oh. I, I liked what he's done. He's, his passing accuracy is good. He's getting a little bit up to speed, I feel, with the pace of the game in MLS. I got a chance to, to chat with John at Whitecaps training on Friday. Like I mentioned, it is only his second ever English interview, and I think he did pretty darn well. So let's hear now from the matador, John Erice. So, John, you, you've been here now for a couple of months. You've had a few games in MLS. How, how have you found the move here and how have you found the league? Oh, the move here, it, it was easy uh, because in the club you have a lot of people who is taking care about you and uh, they make ev- everything easy for you. So, I'm, uh, uh, my, when I moved here, I didn't know that. But when I came and I see the people working in the club, uh, it was fantastic because they make everything easy for the players. And about the league, it's okay. I'm having a look in the league, and for me, every teams are very similar. You know, you don't have uh, this team that will gonna win every game. We're gonna be uh, much better than the others. So every games are closer, are close. Uh, it depends on the tales. Uh, we are now losing the the first three games because of our mistakes, you know. And we were in the game in all of them, but at the end we made some mistakes that punish us and we lost the points. So we have to keep going and we have a very big chance to, to turn it off. Now, you've played in a lot of leagues in the world. You've played in Spain, you've been in, in Cyprus and Greece. The pace of the play here... Do you find it a lot faster, and is that something you might have to adjust to the speed? Yeah, the speed. Okay, it's, it's not about the speed only. Uh, it's about the. It. I think the MLS games are all the time in. It depends of the transitions, you know. Uh, you have uh, very very strong players physically, and you have now a lot of uh, players that they are improving a lot in the technical game, you know. Uh, if you if you mix that, you find that the, the transitions are very important because all the teams have in front forward players that they are very quality and fast. What made you move over here? I mean, you, you'd had your career in Spain. What was it that tempted you about coming to Canada and to North America now? Uh, it, it was because uh, the coaching staff came to Spain 
explain to me the the project that they have here in, in Vancouver Whitecaps. And I thought about it a lot with my family because it's not easy uh, for me. I'm, uh, I got married when I was 19. Uh, I have uh, three kids. So it's not easy for me. I have to change everything in my life. Now I'm living here alone until my kids finish the school. So uh, they will come uh, here and they will move in Canada on the end of June. And not, it's not easy for me, but uh, the project that uh, Philip, uh, Mark, and the coaching staff show me, uh, it's uh, fantastic. I think they, they have uh, uh, great ideas. Uh, they have um, very clear their ideas, and they want to to change some things here in in Vancouver and in the MLS games. So. Yeah. It was a very big project for me and I couldn't say no. This is a team with so many different nationalities on it. How have you found playing with all, all these different mixtures of people? Okay, at the end it's, it's soccer. So it's, it's not... The, uh, okay, every country you have the, uh, different minds, different mentalities, but at the end you have to play 11 v 11. <laughs> so soccer is the same in every world. Uh, you don't have a big difference between all the all the kind of plays. You know, you have to adapt quickly. You have to adapt uh, fast. Is, you are the foreigner, so you must adapt uh, that uh, in the style of the of the game that you have to do. Uh, I'm here. Everybody here received me very well. All the American players, all the Canadian players, the foreign players. They helped me a lot. And okay, it's, it's, it's easy to adapt here for me because uh, we have very good people in the locker room, so it's, it, it made me very easy. Growing up in Spain, playing your football in Spain, coming through the youth system, what, what was that like? Because everyone knows how talented Spain is, there's so much competition there for places. What was it like for you playing football as a kid there? In Spain? Yeah, uh, For me child. it was fantastic. Uh, for me, they, you know, in Spain they... They take care a lot in the in the academies about the kids, and I was in one very good academy, who is Osasuna. Uh, there you have a lot of players who came from the academy to the first team, and I make all my my when I was uh, 11, I started in Osasuna until the first team, so it was fantastic for me because they care a lot and they, they give me the chance to play in professional soccer, and they give me the chance to make my career. So. In Spain, they care a lot about the academy because it's very important for all the teams to have great players there in the academies to to grow up and to finish in the first team. So, if you see Barcelona in the last 15 years, they had a lot of big players uh, in, from the academy. You have uh, Pujol, you have Victor Valdez, you have Piqué, you have Iniesta, Xavi, also Messi because he was 14 when he came went to Barcelona. Uh, the secret there is that they care a lot of uh, kids. Uh, they have a lot of big academies and they take care a lot in to grow up like uh, good people and also good players. And we're going to play this on our show on Sunday, but obviously Seattle is the, the big game this weekend, a big derby rivalry game. What's been your favourite derby game that you've played in in your career? Oh, for me. You must, have, for you must have had a lot of yes, different but, ones. But, but in Spain you have a lot of derby games, you know. Uh, for example, the last the last weekend they play Oviedo against Sporting. They are in second division, but this is a very very big derby. 
so in Spain I I didn't play this kind of, of games. Okay, I played with uh, Osasuna against Bilbao. That is very very uh, great game. I play with Real Sociedad. That is also a big games. They are in the in the north. And, but you have a lot. You have this Sevilla Betis. You have uh, Madrid Barcelona. You have Madrid Atletico. You have uh, I don't know a lot of uh, very big derbies. But here for for us. Uh, the Saturday game must be a special game for us because it's very good chance to to turn the the dynamic, you know, and to take a win and to give uh, our people a big uh, a big Saturday for them to enjoy the game and to take the three points. That's great. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, thank Johnny Rissey there, and Frank Sidebottom, because we promised you last week there was going to be a lot of Frank Sidebottom on the show tonight. I had a feeling that was Frank. That's the Just second the Frank thing we've had on the show so far. I didn't Excellent. mention the first one. I know. It was the introduction to the coach's audio. Yeah, I, I caught that. Yes. The nil-nil or... Yes. Yeah. So no, you yes, had that before. I did. Yeah. We are having a tribute to Frank Sidebottom tonight because... The documentary that's been five years in the making, Being Frank, was released on Friday in cinemas in the UK, and it's available as a digital download as well. Oh, I'm going to wait I, for the DVD to Oh, come I thought out. he died. That's where we were... Well, he died in oh, he did. 2010. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Missed it. Yeah. Sad. But yes, Frank Sidebottom is a guy that we're going to be playing a lot of in the show tonight. Give us more, Frank. And... I think this might be a good time to actually get to our first wavelength of the evening. I was going to talk a little bit more about something that MDS said, but we'll come to that at the end of this section. So we're talking about Frank. So let's play, we've got two wavelength songs from Frank's side bottom tonight. Two football songs of his. And this one is Estudiantes. Good evening. Frank's side bottom here. A little football number Like Jackie Charlton Some players are tall Like Alan Ball Yeah Some players are small Small as an antis Estudiantes Striped shirt, black panties Now Jackie Charlton is close to his brother Nigel Clough He was closer to his dad than his mother Hoddle and Waddle Live with their uncles and aunties Estudy aunties Striped shirt black panties Frank Sidebottom there, Estudiantes, striped shirts, black panties. That's what Zach's wearing tonight, I'm pretty sure. Haven't seen his pants, but I imagine that's what they look like. No. Oh. Little tie into the uh, 79... Uh, Whitecaps, white yes. A yeah. little mention there of Little Allen Ball. And we'll be talking about the 
Whitecaps in 79 in, in part three. But yeah, Frank Sidebottom, a bit of a crooner there. I bet you did not know he was one of the rat pack. Anyway, do you know who else is a rat? Cheaters. No one likes oh. cheaters. They're rats. <laughs> oh my. And Mark DeSantos had a very interesting comment about cheaters this week. I loved it. I I love the stuff that Mark's coming out with at the moment. Yesterday at the press conference after the game, he was talking about the, the corners. And it's like, this is not like PlayStation. You can't just push the button and you get the ball to power up. <laughs> he is just superb. And then someone this week had asked him about, from from what we're seeing so far, what, what do you think about whatever it was? And it's like, well, I don't know what you're seeing. <laughs> He's just superb, but the, the quote in question that we're talking about, he was basically saying that people shouldn't just get up for these derby games. Yeah, they should be up for every single he's game. Be, he was and basically if you're not. You're a cheater. Yeah, he's basically saying that every game's a derby game. Mm-hmm. There, there shouldn't be a difference between either. Of that. I know yeah. you're gonna probably counter. Uh, no, no, just a slight. A, it just a, sounded a, like from a, your a very in perspective. <laughs> I have no problem with what he said in essence. And I think you need to tell the players that. I think the way he communicated it to the public needed to have other things added to it. Like, yeah, we well, he sort of said this, but more clearly, we want to win all matches. And I think he needed to say something like, we want to win all the trophies. Because it made it sound like we don't care. It made it sound like Darby's or not. The way it came across, whether yeah. it was his intention or not, yeah. came across as like, uh, this is just another game. But the, and, it well, also no, because it he did also talk it, about how important this was to the club. No, no, in other quotes. But also, it, it, it's 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 not the way he. It's sometimes the way you take totally. it. Totally, it's uh, if if a person I, takes it a different way, then that's on them. Because you you can't you can't assume that everybody's everybody's going to misinterpret you. You got to say what you want to say. And that was a snippet from a. Right. No, no, talking no, no. about how important derbies were. Well, I know because there was. I heard other parts of yeah. it that were actually kind of. Not totally contradictory, but a little bit because it was like we need uh, one of the other quotes from this week around that issue was we need more commitment from like I'm not sure if he was talking about the fans or the or the players, but it was kind of like not what he said in yeah. in, in, in the cheater comment. But th- to me, to, to to you're right, Steve. People are going to interpret what you say how they want to interpret. However, I think you have the opportunity to clarify that a little bit yeah. more. And I think I think with this, there needed to be a little bit more of that uh, the added part of. We want to win all trophies. I think if you said if that was added to that, I'd be like, "That's a great statement." My my biggest my biggest com- like issue with the comment he made this week was the the David versus Goliath one, <laughs> be only because uh, the thing is with David is he had no choice. He was David. He was born that way. The Whitecaps have decided to be be David. So uh, b- based on the way they spend their money and yeah, do this not and even that, a David, but B David, yeah. <laughs> So so basically, so so they've decided to be David. So when you call the David versus Goliath thing, I I don't see it like that way. Like you, no, I don't I don't I, feel that like you can invoke that. I enjoy the biblical imagery. Yeah, I don't uh, think you should build your opponents up though as being Goliath. Yeah, I I, I'm never a big fan. Well, of that. this this is not the first manager to do no? this. Um, but yeah, I agree. With, I I wholeheartedly agree with you, Steve. Yeah, that when you they are what they've chosen to be. Exactly. And so you can't complain about it. I am what I am. Gloria Gaynor, who also had a hit with I Will Survive in 1979, which brings us nicely to part three, in which we're going to be kicking off 
our 1979 NASL Soccer Bowl Championship win coverage. We'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Daniel Henry and you are listening to AFTN. Super Tramp, the logical song, released this week in 1979. Why'd you point at Zach when you say Super Tramp? Because he's logical. Oh, That's why okay, I was gotcha. pointing at him. Thank that you, thank you, Michael. kicks off our 1979 coverage that we're going to bring you for the rest of the season. That song got to number seven in the UK, number six in the US, but in Canada... It got to number one. See, we heard about them. Yeah. It was number one for two weeks. It reached platinum platinum status here. And it was also Canada's record of the year for 1979. Good for them. Good for Supertramp. Yeah. I, I've always liked that song. It takes me back just to my childhood and hearing stuff like that. But there is a football tie-in with that song. Because the Celtic fans have adapted it for their player, Scott Sinclair. Who's a guy I keep saying the white cap should should try and sign yeah their version is excellent but i'm gonna try and sing for you i was gonna play you some youtube audio but i thought you might not understand it probably not so i'm slightly easier to understand than the celtic fans and you're less drunk yeah so it goes oh he's scotty sinclair and he is so wonderful when he scores a goal oh it's beautiful magical when he runs down the wing he is fast as lightning it's frightening, and it makes all the boys sing. Yeah, so that was that song. I've just realised that Zach is videoing me. I actually thought he was just checking his phone. Great. Yeah, his his holding the phone for videoing and and, creepy. and creepy. checking the phone are the same thing, basically. Yes. You can't tell. But TSS Rovers fans also have a version of that that, that is sing. So get along to Swangard and you get to sing that song. And you'll see some of the U21s in there. Yes. And no sectarianism was meant by me singing that, <laughs> that Celtic song. Even though I was cheering Celtic on this morning against Rangers. I just don't like Rangers. My, my wife's not here. She's away for the weekend. So I've had a nice weekend what of football. Partick Thistle? I don't want to talk about them. They put East Fife out the cup. <laughs> All right. But I also have to say, big well done to my wife. She had her first hand job in a coffee shop on Tuesday. It's amazing. I've got video if you want to see it and photos as well. Hand model for her friend that is a food blogger. So, yep, I'll send you the link. You can check that out. Hashtag Michael's wife's hand job. What site would that be posted on? I don't know. Google it. See what you come up with. I did tell her I was going to mention this in the show. She actually did think that was funny, just to get that out there. 
Oh, then then it's good if she thinks yes. it's funny. Yeah, she she's my gauging point. If she laughs at something, I know it's funny. If she doesn't laugh, I just think she's not got a good sense of humor. <laughs> oh man! But you are listening to the AFD and Soccer Show on CITR Radio one hundred one point nine FM. This is why Zach doesn't share this show with his friends. <laughs> But I do have a number of friends who do message me about the, your humor. <laughs> hmm. So, 1979, we had Super Tramp. Now, a big hit this week in 1979 was Tragedy by the Bee Gees. It was number one around the world, number one in the US. I think number one in Canada as well. In the UK, though, when I was growing up, we had Bright Eyes by... Art Garfunkel from the movie Watership Down. TV shows for this week. The Canadian TV show, You Can't Do That on Television, was a big hit. Also very apt because we probably can't do our radio show on television either. I don't think, I obviously I didn't watch that show live, but I saw the uh, uh, either a revamping of the show. It, was it the one where the slime came on people? I don't know, I've never yeah. heard of it. I think that's the one where if you said a certain word, I can't remember what, I think it was... What or something like that? This line would come down oh. from above. It was a kid show. I, I was born in 1979, so yeah, I don't remember oh. much from. My so brother so was, was my wife. My brother was born in 1979. Oh, this is spooky. <laughs> I I was watching TV shows like Wurzel Gummidge, which was about a talking scarecrow, which is quite scary and dark, especially the later series that they made in New Zealand. It was really dark. Much to my T-shirt I'm wearing that Zach's just looking at. What do you see from my T-shirt? It says a lot about you with whatever you see. Well, I think it says live, but it looks kind of like blood splatter. Live. Evil. Oh. Ah, see, I see live. Oh, Steve easy. sees evil. I see live. And evil is a good thing to talk about because still a big film at the box office was Halloween. Had been released the previous year, but folk were still flocking to see it. They're like they're slasher flicks. And also, there weren't that many theaters there at that time. So, and, and obviously... Back in 79, you don't have it coming on DVD right away, so people knew that it, yes, once it was out of I the theater... It on it a on. pirate VHS video. <laughs> I was 11 at the time. I think I had... I think it came... Shaped my future. By the time I was able to watch it, I think it was on TV on, at, at one of the Halloweens. I, I just remember. liked it because the star of it was a guy called Michael, so I, I felt an affinity <laughs> that, there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But the reason we're talking about that is March 30th, Friday, March 30th, 1979, was the Whitecaps started their 1979 NESL season. One of the best songs we've played on this show ever. So... 1979. It's one of my favourite years, actually. My wife was born that year. I, I like a lot of the music, and it was different times. Different times. And for me, special times. Little boy growing up, running around the streets. Whilst I was doing that, the Whitecaps were taking on Dallas Tornado. Interesting name. Is there a lot of tornadoes in Dallas? I know there's a lot usually in like in the Midwest, yeah, and, like, like Kansas City. Iowa, yeah, like yeah. not a, yeah somewhere in the Midwest, basically <laughs> Nebraska, all the way Missouri, kind of the places. They're close. Yeah, it didn't get off to a great start. What? Yes, can you believe it? The Whitecaps lost a home opener. 
back in those days, folk could believe it because they'd only won one home opener <sighs> from 1974 Before. up to 1979. So this was a 2-1 shootout loss. Oh, so it wasn't VAR. So it, it wasn't was, VAR decided. No, oh. it was 1-1 at the end of the, the 90 minutes. And no more goals in the 50 minutes of overtime. Dallas Tornado oh. took the lead and it was 1-0 at half time. And then, this was in the old Empire Stadium, yeah. the floodlights went out. <laughs> and they thought they were going to have to call the game. Then they came back on. Then they went out again. Then they came back on. <laughs> then they went out again. Then they came back on and they stayed on. And then right away when the second half started, Kevin Hector scored a goal. It was Hector's house. 1-1. But that was it. Three sending-offs, though, in that second half. I've not been able to find out who, but it seemed an eventful game. But that was how the season kicked off. Now, I've got the Kick Magazine programme for most of the home games from that season. And I meant to bring it along tonight, and I forgot. But thankfully, I did manage to have some quotes when I find my phone (laughs) that I did in the written article on the site over the weekend. There was a feature in it for a a young, promising Canadian midfielder called Bob Leonard Doozy? Midfielder? Yeah. He was he was a left-back midfielder. Uh, so yeah, yeah. he had been a midfielder, then he'd moved to left-back, then he'd been back to midfield. So he played in that game. But there was, there was some interesting quotes in that where he was talking about he's not turned on by fame or fortune. For him, it's all about soccer. But if fame or fortune comes along, then that's a good thing as well. He also talked that he, he wasn't the kind of guy that would have four girls on his arm, do pantyhose commercials... Stuff like that. So next time we speak to Bob, we should ask him. Get some good quotes from the old days. I really want to have a section where we just sit and we have like a crackling fire and it's like Fireside Tales with Bob Leonard Doozy. Although I think the ones with Carl Valentine could be a, a lot more interesting. If Bob didn't want the four girls on his arm, pretty sure that Carl did. The White Cats are going to be honouring the... The 1979 season over the course of the year. We've started off, we've got the hoop jersey, yeah. which I love. Still hate the red numbers. I said this at the time, yeah. and now that we've seen it on the pitch, totally. they are so hard to make out. Well, no, I just, I, I, obviously they did it because they wanted to look like one of the hoop jerseys from back in the day. Yeah, but, but 1980 was when the red numbers yeah, came Yeah, that's one thing. But the other problem is... It was a different kind of blue that they were going with. I, I don't think this... I don't think blues. I don't think this red goes with the navy blue. No. I just don't like it at all. It's very, very difficult to read. But when, and, you, when you have a Tottenham guy and Paul Barber setting your colours, this is what you end up with. But there were a few people that were up from Seattle commented about, it's really hard to see these numbers. I was like, yep. I said that at the time I was poo-pooed. Maybe it's trying to be a competitive advantage. Possibly. So, yeah, so the opponents can't, can't see Yeah, you don't can't know mark who mark Yeah. But the White Cats have a lot of special things planned for this season. And I believe there's going to be a few familiar faces from the past popping over the ocean. And that got me thinking to one of my favourite interviews I've ever done. (laughs) From last week or this week? (laughs) From September 2014. Ah, that one. Yes. I got a chance to catch up with Whitecaps legend, Scotland legend, some would say Rangers legend. I would say East Fife legend because he played four games for East Fife. Willie Johnston. So I thought we'd dig into the vaults. Since we're kicking off our 1979 coverage, we don't usually replay old interviews that we've done, but this is nearly five years since we had this. It's a good chat with wee Willie Johnston. I'm 
So was that, was that the last team you played for? Was that his Fife? No, I played with Falkirk Reserves. All right, after I that. went as a coach to Falkirk with Clarkey, but I was only taking the reserve team. I had nothing to do with the first team. And uh, I played I played at Clyde Bank one night, and this boy nailed me. Big gorilla. Even the referee felt sorry for him. <laughs> and I had a bad reputation, as you know. Yeah. But uh, that was the end. I was 42 and I stopped. That was it. I, was, I, I didn't play. So talking about your reputation then, it's like, you, you were always known as a hard player, but when you watch the game now, how do you think you would cope in the game nowadays? Oh, the game's easier now, a lot easier. But what about yeah. the tough tackling, because like any tackle, oh, it's like but, you're off, you oh, can't, you can't... Oh, you're, you're more protected now than ever, well back in England or Scotland, they're more protected now than ever than when, when we played yeah. 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's easier. Have, it's easier. Yeah, you had a lot of standing off so in your career. Do you think you'd have a lot more if you were playing these days? No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm not, the standing offs I had was retaliation yeah. because some big boy was going to break your legs <laughs> in, the, in the tunnel. Never mind on the park. But uh, I, no, I, I think they're more and more protected now. Yeah, the referees are better, and uh, the players, the players, no, they're, they're, they are more protected. When, when you look back on your whole career, Willie, how do you see the, the Vancouver sort of chapter and that? What do, what do you think? Oh, I loved it. I had a great time here. Honestly, I was here uh, two seasons, and uh, the, the the players uh, uh, played with me: Alan Ball, Kevin Hector, Trevor Weimar, Carl Valentine, Bobby Leonard, Doozy, Bob Belisle, Buzzy Parsons. Uh, they were all great lads. We honestly, we had a good team, but we bonded well. And pubs. Your <laughs> 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 team talks was in pubs, <laughs> or on a flight back for Dallas or wherever we were, in the back row of there. You, you came uh, back once, yeah, fifteen jungle. years ago or so, just for. I came back. I was back fifteen years ago, yeah, and uh, it was great. But Vancouver, I love. I, I was close to staying in Vancouver. Really? Right, honest, right, right, honey, God, I was that away for staying. But I was going to. But what was getting to me was the flying. Yeah. The, when you went on the road and you were flying. But every time I come back, I was drunk. I was reading in your autobiography, there's a story when you came back the second time, Bruce Grobelar had to wheel you off the plane uh, just to wheel you. Yeah. Uh, but they said I was injured, I wasn't, I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> me and Alan Ball. But no, honest, we had a great time in Vancouver. And. When we won the soccer ball, the crowd here was unbelievable. It was fantastic, it was, honestly. And uh, a lot of great memories for me here. But what, what's your overlasting memory of that season in 79 when, when you won the soccer ball? Apart from like lifting the trophy at the end of it, what do you remember just about the whole build-up, all the games, the crowds? Oh, it was, it was brilliant, the atmosphere, the, 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 when we went to the playoffs and Tony Waiter season. We got beaten one game, I can't remember if it was Dallas or someplace, but we got beaten. He says no other teams ever, it was Los Angeles, I think. No other teams ever came back for losing the first game. And we, we beat them, and we beat the Cosmos. And Derek Cossey, when he chipped the, 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 in the shootout thing, and uh, that was a great night. And then we went back to New York and uh, Tampa, we beat Tampa. And that was a fantastic night. But as I say, it was the fans. It was great for the fans, and, and they made it. When we came back here, it was 
200, 250,000 people waiting for us. And it was absolutely fantastic. What were you guys expecting when you came back? Did you think there would no, be we were, big folk to No, no, that? no. We, me, myself, Roger Kenyon, we, I moved in with him. My wife had went back to Britain and uh, I moved in with Roger and we, we, that was our season finished. And me and Roger were just going to have a couple of quiet nights on the town, as they say. But uh, when we came back, it was unbelievable. We couldn't go anywhere in the town without people buying you a drink or whatever they've done for you. It was, honestly, it was amazing. You obviously re- remembered fondly for the way you played and, and the victory, really, but the, the, the swig of beer. Are, are you surprised? Are you, were you oh, aware I, of you, no, how, how no, much of no. kind of Whitecaps lower no, that? Honestly, I, I, that's the first time I've seen that, ever. Yeah. And uh, it, it was San Jose. It was doing San yeah. Jose. And I, I remember it. I went to take the corner, and, I, and this wee boy shouted, he was a Scots boy, and he says, you want a drink, will you? I oh, said, so I love a drink. And I took it, it was warm. I went, oof. I gave him a back and then I turned the corner and Peter Daniel scored and that was it. But I was just thinking, they were all shouting for me to take the corner, but I was taking the ball and <laughs> it, was, it was warm, you know. But the beer was warmer. But I, I didn't realise it was going to be like that, you know. That, that, like, there's so many stories that folk love to tell about you. Ah, of yeah, course, yeah. there's the one in Seattle where you moon Bruce Rio. Ah, I've done that here. Yeah, I got fined $2,000 yeah. for that. Ah. That was a good one. Did you and Bruce ever make no, up after no, playing? No, no, I didn't get on well. I didn't. I, he was never my cup of tea. Even when I played with Scotland, and he was captain of Scotland. He always COS. COS. <laughs> he always wrote that captain of Scotland. He was hopeless. But no, he spat that night in Ray Hankins' face, and that's what started it. And I went ballistic, and I'm shouting to Big Ray to nail him, and he wouldn't nail him. And that's his hope, nail him. He was a big bastard. <laughs> Right. And who started the, the, the scrap in New, against New York? I never started that. That wasn't me. Carlos Alberto? No, he was kicking it. He started with Escadarian, the right back. Oh, the he was Iranian Iran, guy. Iran, Iran. Scotland had played Iran in, in Argentina. I was home by that time. Have you watched these? Have you watched MLS at all? Are you how how uh, how keen are you to see the game? On oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. aye. But uh, no, I, I still look for the results. You know, the Vancouver Whitecaps on the internet thing. You yeah. know, but uh, no, as I say, it's great for me to come back. You know, honest. Has anyone recognised you around town? No, no, not yet. It's great. I'm going. I'm going. To Kolkata to meet a few of the boys oh, cool. in the British Legion and the, the John B pub. That's where we, we we put That's a lot of things. Like, yeah? uh, could be, I don't know, but I'm going there to stay anyway. I'm, I'm moving. I'm staying with friends, and then I'll come to the game on Saturday and like, Wednesday. Like talking the Rangers, obviously you scored two goals in the European Cup Winners Cup final. Does that go down as like your your highlight of your career? That. Ah, obviously that, that because you're in a European final and Rangers went in a few, but they never they only won one, and I scored two of the goals and Collinstein scored the other one, and uh, that's great. But honest, I'm no kidding. What we done in Vancouver was great also because, as I said, we had a lot of good players, and everybody says at that time we were all coming to the end which probably we were, most of us were coming to the end of our careers, but we still wanted to win something and, and, and won it for the city, you know. 
When Tony Waiters brought you over, like he, he brought you over as a winger, he brought over <laughs> Carol Valentine as a winger as well. It, it's, it was kind of unusual in the game over here because no teams were really playing with wingers. Did that give you an advantage that you could kind of do stuff that oh, other mean, teams hadn't? Aye, but we had. Uh, you've got to get the ball and the, the players in the middle of the park. I think the, the best signing Tony made was that season when he got Alan Ball and Alan Ball settled the middle of the park down and released myself and Carl Valentine to, to do what we could do. But Alan Ball was a big help to the club. And did you keep in touch with all the guys? Like I, I kept, I, I, I went back, uh, Roger Kenyon, I still see, Big Fall Parks, big goalkeeper, so Parks, yeah, that's, that's my pal. Uh, they boys, I've, I've seen them, I've been doing it with Wolverhampton, I've seen them a few times, and uh, he loved it here. He, he had a great, he didn't want to leave here. He left under a cloud because he, he went to Chicago, I think. But uh, the, the team broke up after the, the soccer ball. Alan Ball was going to be a manager. and I was wanting to go back because of the flying. Nothing else. If I had stopped playing here, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have bothered me, honestly. Was your wife over here with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, my wife and family, my kids loved it here. Honestly, it was great for the kids. All the sports things they wanted. No. What, what made you decide to come over here? Was it just to get away? I know, aye, aye, aye. When everything happened in Argentina, I was about, I was 10, so aye, I barely aye. remember the press, but I know they crucified oh, yeah, I got hammered, honest, and uh, I was playing at West Brom at the time, and Ron Atkinson was the manager, and he didn't want me to leave, but I said to him, I've, I've got to leave. And I was going to QPR in London, and I didn't want to leave Birmingham to go to London, and I got a phone call from Tony Waiters asking me if I would be interested in coming to Vancouver. And my wife, Margaret, she thought I was going to London. <laughs> I says, no, I think we're going a wee bit further. <laughs> and we ended up here. And it, as I say, it was great. Honest. To start with, it was a wee bit hard, strange, playing an nasty turf and that. But once I got used to it, and uh, I, honest, I, I had the time of my life here. I did. If, if there was any like Scottish players now that's thinking about coming over to MLS, obviously it's a whole different thing to NESL, but what would be your advice for a young guy thinking, should I go to North America, should I go to Canada and play the game? Oh, aye, aye. aye, aye. Honestly, I, I, well, as I say, it was, when I played, there was players coming at the end of their careers, but the standard was high. You, you just had to look at the Cosmos and Tampa and, and the Los Angeles, the players that they had. And I would say any kid or any young boy start, even starting here and coming, if he can do it here, he, he can do it back in Scotland, no problem. Because the standard here and the standard in Scotland is not very good to know. That's great, thanks so much. Oh, guess who's been on match of the day? side bottom there and before that Willie Johnston we will provide subtitles for those that, that struggle to understand <laughs> that interview how you can do subtitles and all I'll, I'll, I'll sign it <laughs> if it's Scottish folk talking you don't probably want the sign language for that but uh, that I that genuinely I know I say this about a few interviews but that was genuinely one of my oh, favorite you can interviews tell because how many times you chuckled during while he was yeah. telling stories so I'm looking forward to hopefully he's going to come over this year for the celebrations and, and catch up with him again 
to give you a little bit of background, when we were talking about Bruce Reoch there, both of them played for Scotland. He hated Bruce Reoch because Bruce Reoch was born in England. And he didn't class Scottish as a parents? proper Scottish, yeah. Right. I, I'm not a big fan of that either. It should be where you were born. Anyway, that goes off on a whole different tangent. Let's just quickly move on. It was different times, Zach. We will be back in part four, though, with a look at MLS. Get right back up to date. Hi, I'm Carl Valentine. You're listening to the AFTN podcast. The reason we're doing that, if anyone didn't understand what that song was, Steve will explain. Um, I can't explain because I don't know the language either. Uh, it is the air version of the Batman animated series theme song. So we need to play this to Ali. Oh, you could if you want and to. And get him to tell us what they're singing. Oh, no, they have translations. They had subtitles on the video, but I didn't write them down. Oh, thanks for that. <laughs> but it, it, the reason we, I'm, I'm playing this is because it's the 80th uh, birthday of Batman yesterday. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, he's doing pretty good for an octogenarian. Yeah, and so basically, that's double the uh, time span that we've been uh, the Whitecaps last one. So it's like, <laughs> oh yeah. So it's kind of like the same year. I just know because the 80th, uh, yeah, the 80th yeah. Batman anniversary Lego sets. He's still real. fighting crime. I just hope in 80 years' time, me and Joaquin RDEs will still be fighting crime the the same way. He was good yesterday. I was proud of my. Oh, partner. he had that really. Oh my God, that was so close. His shot. He should have. He it should have been a goal. It should even keep to the penalty. It yeah. should have been the goal yeah. for him. I can't wait for him to start doing English interviews. The fun we're going to have talking about our crime fighting possibilities. Yeah. First thing you'll say to him is like, "Would you like to be my crime fighting <laughs> partner?" Just we'll go. We'll wear capes. I, I, I'm not thinking vigilante. I should expect. I am thinking like private detectives. Yeah. Like Holmes and Watson. I'd be Holmes, obviously. Elementary, my dear, RDS. Yes. Oh, RDS. yes. Now, last week we had our Canadian national team special. The draw has now been made for oh, the Nations yes. League. It's a rough draw, but it, it definitely a test. Oh, it's a great draw. Yeah. We, we well, need it's, to, it's a lot of competition there. Canada have drawn the US and Cuba. Yeah. yeah. So the first thing we need to do is have a pool as to how many Cubans defect when they, they come up here. <laughs> that, that actually so seven. I'm going with seven. That's what, and so I want... Let's Cuba, see how many join the I want, I want Cuba to play in BC. Yeah. <laughs> in the BC place. I, well, I was thinking about this. You could have is Greg, a- Greg Anderson and Bob Lerner <laughs> behind the wheel <laughs> waiting at the BC place, have the engine running. Driving off into the distance. Carl Valentine is the one that's scooping them up. That That will be... Probably hit the low salary cap as well. Do we have spaces for them? We can join the under-23 development squad or something, I guess, as well. Good. Mm. Throw cigars at them, tempt them in. <laughs> they, the, the, the good cigars come from where they're from, so you giving them cigars is probably not. <laughs> ah. 
They shouldn't smoke anyway if they're professional footballers. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we've got the USA and Cuba. Yeah. Part of me wants both the games here, being selfish. Part of me thinks we should share with the rest of the country and we just have the US game and we'd like Toronto have Cuba. Are the Americans going to defect to you? <laughs> well, they could by then. Well, it usually goes the other way, like Sydney LaRue. She defected to the US. Teal Burnbury, he defected to the US. Mm. Do you think we'll see the US game here? There's a chance. Big stadium. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think well, you'd sell out the lower bowl for sure. Oh, I would think it'd sell out the whole stadium. I think if they did that, they should say if you're American in the upper bowl, if you're Canadian in the lower bowl. No, if you're American in the toilet bowl, <laughs> and the the rest of it's just for Canadians. There's your clip for next week, Steve. <laughs> Part four, two minutes. <laughs> I, uh, I think we will. I'd be amazed if we don't have it here. We've got the turf. I Although the Edmonton turf at Commonwealth's not yeah, great either. The, the, you got to think... At some point with these games, twenty twenty six becomes a factor. So, uh, I, I, don't know. I I would not be amazed if it was somewhere else. If you want to troll the U.S. women's team, you could bring the men here and then put grass down. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, Edmonton having, just having a little fun. That's horrible. I think Edmonton could be in with a shout just because it looks like it could be September October time. So chillier in Edmonton. That's where you want to put Cuba. Turf. Cuba, you want to put in the chilly time. Yeah, the U.S. has cold parts. Yeah, they have cold. They parts. have those They're games in Colorado. Oh yeah, in the snow. I'm excited because there's potential to travel to both these games. I'm not saying I'm going to yeah. travel for both these games, but there's potential. To say, hey, uh, let's go to Cuba for a week or to travel somewhere in the States. AFD and Roadshow. We could, let's go. We could yeah. fly to Miami, get one of those rafts that are left over, and then take it back over to Cuba. Steve can have his beach body all ready for These them. are jokes from like with the 90s or something. Different times, Steve. A lot of the US players, though, they will be well known to us because they're going to be MLS players. A few familiar faces. That, that's why it might be in Toronto, the US game, because of Bradley Altador. Oh. It would help him sell more tickets there. They might actually. But surely you don't want American fans. But you're gonna get your. The Americans are gonna travel no matter what. Yeah, Vancouver, Vancouver, Vancouver or or Toronto. The Americans are gonna travel. Yeah, but you don't want fans there to cheer on Bradley and Outdoor either. No, but you right. also want to sell out the stadium. Yeah, which I think you would at BC Place. I think there's a chance at BC Place. I think there's a chance at BMO as well. It's only thirty. What about Commonwealth? Com- I don't think there's no chance you sell a Commonwealth. No, no offense to anyone in Edmonton. Hmm. For for a League of Nations game against the States, I don't think you sell it out in Commonwealth. Anyway, let's let's just move on to MLS chat. It was a fairly good week for the Whitecaps in MLS action. And before we get into what happened in MLS, Steve has some fun stats for us. Oh yeah, oh. Um, I I looked it over. Like I noticed that there was a lot of uh, like just people getting trampled, the, the losing teams. We were the art the game, the Seattle Vancouver game was the only one that ended up in a draw. Every other one had a, a you know a full three points going that one way or the other, but the the results of those other games were I think it was eleven games that were played that had a winner a winner and a loser. The winner scored thirty five. The losers scored seven. So that is a trouncing. That is a lot of one sided matches. The haves and the have nots. Exactly. Well, some of the haves and nots I didn't expect it to be either. Mm. Like. Uh, didn't think Houston would go into Colorado and getting that result. Let's start with the first match of the weekend featuring a Western team, which was Minnesota United losing 2-1 at another shitty crowd. Packed stadium, no? Yeah, New England. 10,657 this week. I think they just picked 10 and then 
randomly put three other figures after it. It, it looks very bare. Yes. I don't but know what's happening. The weather there. on the, uh, I want to say the East Coast. Yes, in, the Northeast. Uh, there was a lot of rain this week, it looked like. In well, games. not there. It, didn't seem, it seemed all right up there. It was more in Ohio. It seemed like there was a lot of rain. New England came away with a 2-1 win, so it was a happy ending for the Revolution fans yeah, and once owners. once again. And it was good to, to see Minnesota losing three points because they are going to be one of the teams round about the cap. So that was a good start. The, the New England's two goals were kind of iffy. Mm. Uh, yeah. uh, I was wondering if, obviously, it didn't... The goalkeeping was not good. Brad yeah. Knight, not in the 18, after... I don't know if he's... Oh, in whoever it was in for him made some big saves. Yeah. I can't remember his name. A cropper. It was Cropper, I believe. Yeah. Um, goal for Minnesota, Quintero. Again, yes. I know it was a PK, yeah. but still, he keeps it scoring. Still goes, he keeps as scoring. As I believe he said to me before. Yes, it's the truth. Then, one of the highlights of the weekend <laughs> seven ups all round in KC as Johnny Russell's Sporting Kansas City hammered Montreal 7 1. This was one of these contributing to the 35 goals. Yeah, the biggest one, probably. <laughs> yes. They were rampant. Christian Namath, hat trick. He looked in fine form. Two goals and an assist from Johnny Russell. They're a joy to watch. Yeah, they are. They 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 really uh, they're already hitting their stride right yeah. now. Early in the season, I think scared. they've got a good chance of winning the the Champions League. They're they're in the good form to yeah. to do something. And and the thing is with them too, and the really good thing is is they knocked Vancouver down a peg because this seven one win obviously is bigger than the, the one six last nil, week. Yeah, yeah six nil. Uh, Montreal son. Uh, Piatti is not good. <laughs> yeah, like Just Montreal in general, were not no, good. no. With, with Piatti, I th- yeah, they are better. But a couple better. of the goals, the the one where the defender was going acro- like perpendicular to the net. Where he was going across the box and he just gave the ball away and there was a lot yeah. of really. I, I think they're going to hear it from UMO too. Cheese boy, uh, the next home game. They, they've been on the road a lot to start the season so I mean it, it's taken its toll but yeah they looked a mess they stunk like it, it, lo- it looked so I agree with you see some of those goals it looked like they weren't trying yeah it seemed like yeah. it looked like they turned off they're like okay this one's done but it was a good performance from KC another team though that got hammered San Jose and again a team that looks in shambles would you oh, say the earthquakes are on shaky ground I think they could be 0-4 right yeah it looks like the table's opening up in front of them <laughs> So that's Vancouver is really stuck it to them this weekend by yes, going a point ahead. We're going ahead. We're leaving them in our dirt. 5-0 loss to LAFC. Carlos Vela hat trick. Nice goal, but Beta. Yes. Stephen Beta, sure. Did you what see? What was he doing so far up in the box? Well, when, you can, when you're given <laughs> freedom to attack that way. Yeah, he so was good with his beard as well. Yeah, he's something he tweeted because uh, he's playing in San Jose, right? And I think he's from that area. Oh, yeah. Or he grew up in that yeah. area a lot. Uh, I think he he put on Instagram something about like something about to his dad saying you've never asked me to score a goal but today you did and I scored and I scored wow something like that yeah Vela's goal the first one was uh, kind of cheeky he kind of walked it in yeah he was like no he was, uh, he, was he was lucky oh. he didn't get like totally taken out because that, that it was almost like the whoever 
Do you remember Lott in the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the lineman from the Dallas Cowboys? He was like... Leon Lett. Leon Lett, that's yeah. it. He was like walking with the but, ball like this. No, but the, the thing is, he could have been t- injured too on oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, that was a wild line. swing yeah. that he did but that. It's like he was watching from the side of his eye and then just at the last minute, yeah. last second, he just... And if I was the referee, I would not have given any... I would maybe given a yellow, but I would not have sent that guy off if he had made like full contact with him. VAR would have overridden Yeah, I think he would have gone... But I wouldn't have because I would have been like, no... But the, the referee yeah. on the field gets to make the decision whether you get over. Vela's looking on form this yes, season. Yes, he is. It's a pity he didn't go to Spain. Someone that isn't looking on form, though, Chris Wangdolowski. I don't know if when he's going to get these oh, goals man. that he's needing. It's, it could be September, October, not at all. How many does he need again? He needs one to tie, two to beat it. I didn't think he was that close. I think he was still quite a bit away. They're looking bad. Houston, on the other hand, though, 4 1 winners over Colorado. 4-0 up at one point before a late Kai Kamara PK. 4-1 for the dynamic attack. But actually, no, it was, it was two goals and two own goals, right? This game? Dallas. 4-2 winners over RSL. It was a good back-and-forth game. Krylach got sent off early, though, for RSL. What did you see that one? Yeah, he was just getting up, and he kind of he did he did make contact with the yeah. net. This was one of those like you I, like if it's your player, you'd be like, oh come on! Like but he got I up think... and he went towards them. Their heads kissed, and then they backed away. Their foreheads kissed, and backed away. LA Galaxy playing tonight, two one winners over the Timbers. Zlatan was back, got two penalties. Then took a little knock towards the end of the game, and the commentator was like, "Well, that's made my mind up. He won't be travelling for the game on Friday." There's no, he has an Achilles he never issue. Coming anyway. There's no way he's going to play on BC Place no. turf with his Achilles but, questionable. But the thing is, yeah. was Latin, he took the, he took the fouls on those penalties yes, yes. so well. Like he was like he purpose. I don't know if he purposely, but he, he shaved his body. He definitely, both of them. he definitely got in front that's of the, the guy. Yeah. That's experience. Yeah. Yeah, he was so good with both of and, those. And the thing is, not only that, he didn't—he didn't even dive. He allowed no, those oh, people yeah. to hit him. And, and take well, him the down. the commentator was it twelve men? I forget. Yeah. Twelve men. on the second one, he's like, "Oh, he went down easy." Then he watched again. He's like, "Oh no, he got I know. taken out." Taylor Twelve men is a is a guy that can change. Stephen Caldwell's like this as well. They change their opinion like a full circle in like. Well, the they should like they should work minutes. for a pro. They, they should they should wait till they actually see the replay yeah. instead of just thinking one way or the other. But LA, they they were looking good in attack, but the defense, I think it does look shaky. Oh yeah, the Portland's goal it was a it nice was, passing move. It was between three or four players yeah. too. Yeah, if right. we can get the short passes going on Friday night, we've got a chance of penetrating them. True, and the thing is, with the loss now, we are tied with Portland. Yes. In the standings, oh, that's right, they're only and they have, and they have worse goal goal differential. Yeah, we're above too. them. But third bottom. Yeah. Can, can I can I briefly mention uh, one All East? Yes. Okay. So Friday's game. You, oh. Did you watch Friday's game? Yeah. Do you, I was wasn't wanting to mention. We don't. This. Oh, I don't. We have to go in the ins and outs of the game. But I can I mention a tweet from everyone's friend. Oh. Okay. Okay. Uh, everyone's friend. Uh, oh yes. So Marky. If you didn't watch the game Friday, four nil Toronto FC over City Light. Uh, their new designated they player. Good. Two goals and good. an assist. Uh, like uh, Ibrahimovic, he pulled the Panenka. And then and, and, yeah. and he chipped. No, not like Simeon Jackson. Yes. Oh, oh that, that was, was bad. <laughs> Relegation battle. You don't use the Panenka. Yeah. But yeah, um, definitely three points and then you do that. He's not playing for them again. Yeah. Um, and then he chipped the keeper from inside the box. Oh, yeah. Inside the box. Anyways, Mark Weaver had this great tweet after, which I, which I, I thought made a lot of sense. He... T- 
quote tweeted the the highlights of his Pozuelo's goals or, or highlights or whatever, and he just said this. Uh, does my head in when people take the discussion of the Caps needing better DPs or needing to spend more and turn it into do do Caps need a big name, which is code for aging Eurostar? No, just find really good players and spend enough to get them. Yeah, like Pozuelo. I'm totally on board with that. Yeah, as well. Pozuelo, reportedly, I'm not sure if this is confirmed, but reportedly originally it was going to be eight million, ended up costing supposedly. 10 million. That's the k- kind of player that Vancouver should be looking for. Yeah, and he's not a name. I've never heard of the guy. You look at the people that's lit up the league, Piatti, Valeri, these are guys, the vast majority of people, they've no idea who he is, and everyone's like, oh, the Whitecaps need to go and get a Piatti or a Valeri. Well, they've tried. It just it hasn't been successful. No, but they've never, they've never, they haven't tried. The, the closest, the closest they ever got was uh, uh, Pedro Morales. Yeah, uh, but he the, could have been. But the he guy. didn't. He didn't show enough fight. In in well, I think his skill was just a fight, little bit off. Yeah, yeah. There was his physical conditioning yeah. was part of it. Well, the, yeah, the turf and the travel killed his back. Plus, what you were bringing him in on again, he was not at that level, right? Like they've never brought in. Uh, an attacking midfielder who can dictate their offense, really. Pedro, Pedro's the closest. Yeah. Because um, even when Cumiento was here, he ended up playing on the wing most too yeah, much he, of the time. He wasn't given enough time in the middle yeah. to create. Uh, I just want to give a couple more. The Ohio game, Cincinnati losing. Uh, Kendall Waston, less, uh, Cincinnati losing 2-0. Why didn't he play? I've, I've, I, I think international I duty probably. tiredness factor. Yeah, okay. But Nick Hagland had his time there. Um, but and also uh, the Atlanta Atlanta has not won oh, yet. Yeah. Um, Columbus, yes. that was a waterlogged game. If that game was oh, a, yeah. if that game was a Voyagers Cup game, that would have been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but the funniest part is when when uh, when they, he made uh, Guzan. Is it yeah, he, yeah. Made, he made the penalty save. He's, he's he's actually squeezing yeah, out his gloves, the water, yeah. out the water out of his gloves. Oh, that was horrendous. De Boer is hanging on right now. Somebody tweeted out that it's been. So many games, like regular season or league games, that he hasn't even won in like over three teams. Well, because, well, yeah, because it's he was awful Palace and he was awful at Inter Milan. Yeah, and he hasn't done anything in Atlanta. MLS traditionally is a league where managers get time More time. to turn things around. White except for Tater. Except for Tater, yeah. yeah. But on the whole, there's not a lot of like quick thing Like, Getting the hook in, in England in particular, where it's cutthroat, you go on a bad run yeah. and you're out the door. It happened with West Brom this season. Their manager, I think six games, they just went on a bad run out. Wasn't yeah. the, uh, if I'm not didn't Bob Bradley get brought in and then get taken out yes. in yes. the same season? Yeah, very short. He had like 11, yeah. 12 games. But something. I think De Boer might be one of these guys that bucks the train because the fan base in Atlanta is demanding. That he turns it around, and I don't know that he can. Well, and Arthur Arthur Blank has the money to pay him out yeah. and bring in someone just as big. I, it was a surprise appointment to begin you, with. You it won- made no sense. I just find it that it was one other thing about that game. Uh, I don't know if you saw all the way to the end of the highlights. As soon as that whistle was blown, everybody just walked, ran off the pitch. They didn't even like complain oh, yeah, to the yeah, referee. Yeah, 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 they didn't want that. to hide anybody. They just ran off the pitch. It was yeah, it was, it was terrible to be out there. Uh, I, I wonder if if things continue on this poor trajectory or they don't uh th- there's not a, an increase in their performance if like once all the european leagues end if atlanta would look to bring in someone who's maybe finishing their time at, uh, at a club in in europe well i'm gonna say jose Mourinho. 
Yeah, maybe. You never know. That'd be I, great for us because Atlanta's here this year. Respect. Respect. I can't. I. I. He strikes me as someone that would like a chocolate. Shut digest. up, DJ. I. I so wish Slatten was here on Fridays just so they could say, "Okay, you've just got one question to Slatten," and right away I get in with Slatten. You're sitting at home. Do you like a tea <laughs> or a coffee? <laughs> Just to see the look on everyone else's face of, you bastard. <laughs> but LAR here on Friday night, 7 o'clock kickoff at BC Place. I'm not a fan of Friday night games, I've got to say. We won't go delve into it. The preview guys are going to have a, a show out. What are you hoping for from it? I think they should go for a win. I'm hoping for a good preview show. <laughs> I, I can't see us getting much from it, I've got to say. Uh-uh, I'm going to go for a win. You, you talked earlier, LA is in really good form or something. Like you're like, oh, they're going to make well, the they, playoffs? Yeah. yeah. On, on how they're looking with Zlatan. Yeah. And Zlatan's not going to be here. Yeah, go I, I I think they, they're like a, to me, more like a, not bubble bubble, but they're more, if they're going to make it, they're going to be more five, six, seven kind of thing. Yeah, they're bottom of the playoffs. Um, I don't see the top of the playoffs. So yeah, oh, I, no, I, 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 see the, I see them like fourth or fifth. Okay. And so it's like, for them, it's obviously as Zlatan goes, so they go. So mm-hmm. that's why I think with him not here, and they're gonna if, win. And with the they can mo- bring in another three D. The morale boost of the clean, the, the ultra clean sheet, and the first point of the season, I think Vancouver could get a, a, a draw. At least they should get at least a draw out of this game. Oh, no, they need let's to say go let's say two two. I'm going three 0 Whitecaps. I was screw gonna, it. I'm going two 0 Whitecaps. Wow, wow, we are Mister Positives. We'll change that in part five. We'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Jake Norinsky, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. We're into part five. And just before we, we get into wavelength, Zach has an update oh. on the Norwegian First Division. Yeah, and so Norwegian First Division. I know everyone's on tenterhooks. Yeah, we were talking about this. about this before. I know you're all really excited, but Valerenga uh, is now uh, top of the table after the first match. Ah. They're tied a three-way tie for with other teams who also won 2-0. They won two 0 against. I'm going to say Mjön Mjöndalen. Could be pronouncing that wrong, but you maybe. say that. Uh, and uh, like I said, like we said, uh, they had Sam Kubi at left back. They had Efrenoir as right back, and they had Quarse as their keeper. Now you might be saying, "Wow, that's a you know that's a great back line." People and that's the former defenders. Portland Timbers keeper. Yeah, sorry, Quarse. You, you, you know the name, but you can't quite place. Yeah. Uh, a great clean sheet. Well, one of the reasons perhaps they got a clean sheet was uh, the center forward for Mjandalin, uh is 37-year-old Canadian international striker Olivier Ocean. Former international. For, former, yeah. Well, you never know. He retired. I, I, would, I didn't know Olivier was still playing. I didn't know either. And if the fact that he's still playing in the first division of Norway gives me hope that Maybe he could put some time in the CPL before he before he actually hangs it up. Yeah, you never know. He's a he's a beast of a when, striker. When, when did this season end in Norway? It just started though, right? It literally just yeah, started. So obviously, it's not going to be till next year if he does come over. Maybe the Whitecaps will make a play for him. He was because uh, we're not getting Kyle Larn according to Turkish reports today. Uh, oh, that's been shot down. Yes. Well, when I spoke to him when he was here with Canada, he said he wanted to stay in Turkey and fight for his place. So it seemed very odd then that. All of a sudden, the next week he was making a move back to MLS, but never say never. I don't think it's a great move for the Whitecaps, but... Maybe they're trying to bring someone else from the Canadian team. I think so. Marcus Godinho, that's who I'd like to see. That's who you want, yeah, you want, yeah. He was nice. 
I enjoyed chatting to him. Favourite interview of that day? Yes, it yeah, was. There you go. Well, actually, no, because I spoke to Mark Anthony K that day as well, and he was good as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. And everyone wants him here. Yes. We'll that, poach him one day. That's very unlikely to happen. You have to yeah. wait until it gets a 28 29. Do you know what everyone else wants as well? More Frank Sidebottom songs. Now, this is going to be a bit of a Marmite song for our second wavelength of the evening. You're either going to hate it or just dislike it. Yeah, and it's five minutes long. It's five so minutes long. People that are going to hate it are going to really hate it. Think of it more as a story than a song. Okay. This is Frank Sidebottom with his six greatest football chants. your fault. You wanted to come. I said stay at home. I can see that good me. Hey, should we uh, get some chanting going? You know, taunt their supporters. Right, come on, watch this. Um, oh, I know. This always gets them. Nil, 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 Shows you know nothing about football because we had a football game last week, right? So just shut up, boy. Hey, here come the teams. Hey! Oh, blimey, they brought a lot of fans with them. Right, let's talk them again. Uh, you're going home on an organised football coach. You're going home on an organised football coach. You're going home on an organised football coach. Here comes the old team! Shut up! Yay! Oh, you said you were going to 
did that um, on Tuesday when you weren't in. I'm always in. Oh, I'll just shut up, will you? Right here, I'll make you cough. singing this up and down uh, for the rest of the season all around the country. Cranky, cranky, give us a song, preferably in stereo from your LP. Oh, yes, Not well. a quick monitor mix, and stick your John Henry on my programme. Oh, sure. It's not for me, it's for me and lost children. Oh, yes, I quite understand. Right, former queue, I'll sign the autographs. Unfortunately, lads, I've got to go at half-time because my ticket's only for the first half. But, uh, no, no, don't worry, I'll be back next week. Hey, listen, lads, here especially for you now is that fantastic track of the album. Frank Sidebottom there with his six greatest football chants. I think, like, you you might drive people away from the documentary now instead of them going to see the documentary because of that. Uh, I just want to. I should have reminded before. You there are you put st- timestamps yes in the thing so you c- can see where to skip. But if you obviously reminding you now is too late for this one now. Yeah, I I like to think we push the boundaries of Vancouver radio. What other radio show would you get to hear stuff like that? Yeah, where you where you play a song which is in a song. What are the s- <laughs> songs in it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was like honestly, it was all right. It was not that bad. Steve, we almost shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to tell him that. Oh. <laughs> oh. I, I just I was in the toilet, taking a piss, just picturing could, could you Could you hear two. it in there? Yeah. Oh. I was just picturing your <laughs> two enjoyment. Because Steve was also going to talk over <laughs> Say something. What were you going to say if you're editing this? <laughs> yeah, if you're editing this, we're not enjoying this. There's all of that. It was good in the middle. <laughs> Well, you can let me know at home if you want more Frank Sidebottom in future shows because I've got some more, I, more I, songs. Of I, I, I don't mind the other, no. the other songs. They were fine. This was a little bit different. I, I'm, Let's put it at that. Yeah. It's, no, this is fine. It's fine. It's just... Anyway, let's move on now with something that is not funny. It's PC Soccer Web Headlines. <laughs> PC Soccer Web Headlines. <laughs> I have no idea what in on there. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories and links. Steve peruses it every day. Some things fly into his eye and brain. Yes. And he's going to tell us what some of them are right now. Okay, so uh, first of all, uh, uh, a little one follow-up. Um, Apparently, there's more FIFA indictments likely no. coming, as the uh, says the you know former pe- uh, prosecutors and investigators that are working for the U.S. Department of so, Justice. So we're not safe. No, nobody's safe. They say 
in fact, that uh, there's or, or at this point there's been 42 people already charged. There's enough evidence and information for the investigation to go another 10 years before they file all the charges. Wow. Most of them will be dead by then, surely. Inter- at some international news, UEFA has charged Ireland for tennis balls uh, thrown onto the pitch uh, as a protest by fans. It was done, done during the Euro qualifying match against Georgia, the country, not the state. And it was in protest against the National Soccer's Federation's top official, John Delaney, uh, who has stepped down as Federation CEO. It's a good protest because they've done it at Dortmund before, I think, and in other places in the Bundesliga. Because you can't play on with a bunch of tennis balls on the pitch. And yeah, anyone can. Dangerous. You can, it's not super hard to bring a tennis ball into the, the ground. No, folk who just think you're quite well endowed. Yeah. Or just not had sex for a few weeks. I remember ponchos were thrown at uh, the Empire, but that was yes. a protest. I, of as I, and I pointed out, I never threw mine because I'm Scottish and it was a free gift and yeah. I don't throw away free stuff. How many of them do you have? Did you pick up the other I people's? went and picked them up from yeah. the pitch. Yeah. Right. Tanzania uh, uh, players were rewarded for reaching the African Cup. Uh, they received uh, from the government, uh, players and coaches, $5,000 and a plot of land in the capital uh, after they beat Uganda 3-0 on Sunday to, to claim that spot in the African nice, Cup. It might, nice. obviously might be their first one. Who was the Tanzanian player we had? Was that Kalfan? Yeah, Kalfan, I think. Yeah, he was Tanzanian. Was it Nizar Kalfan? I think so. Yeah, he's well, Tanzanian. Nizar was from Africa. I can't remember. I think it was Tanzania. Yeah. Asian, it, was be- it was before, we, for me, it was before we made the nation's flag thing. So. Yeah, he was a regular with us for a while, yeah. Sheikh uh, Salman bin Ibrahim Al Khalifa is now will return as Asian soccer uh, leader uh, for their federation. Um, he's basically been assured of being reelected after his only remaining challenger, Saud Al Mohandi, uh, withdrew. In other news, Saud Al Mohandi announced that he's buying a big boat. Um, <laughs> also, Sheikh Rattle and Roll also withdrew. Um, also, uh, in North uh, for Concacaf, uh, Victor Montagliani has been elected to a second term. He also ran on a post, but I don't see Canada paying anything for that. Although, is he at Pacific's now got a boat? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Austin FC, um, our favorite owner, their precord. Uh, he, the increase of the new stadium, the price has been increased from two hundred million to two hundred forty million because they feel they need to give more shade. To well, the, the supporters and fans. Okay. I think he gave enough shade when he was yeah, in Columbus. Yeah, so I don't like him and no. his approach to this at all. I think we should just boycott him no. and just not mention them at all. I'm okay with that. But this is an important issue because mm. like you were talking about some of the poor attendances today. At least two or three of the games were weather-related, were grounds, like Cincinnati even. Yeah. It was grounds where they yeah. do not – I know that's not their home Cincinnati, ground yet. Yeah, Cincinnati wasn't that bad because it was turf. But the, the Columbus no, but, one was horrible. No, no but this co- age, the coverage yeah, stadiums, of the fans. Stadiums yes. should have coverage. It's like back in the, the 80s in the UK, it was so many stadiums. The away fans always got the shitty ends with no cover. And you've moved on, surely, from that. Like, fans should have cover. Yeah. I never understood BMO. Not having yeah. cover. You're right on the lake. Yeah, yeah, lake and, yeah, they should be blocking the window. So, yeah, these new grounds need to, need to have, need to have, like, you look at LAFC, what they've done there, yeah. even de- Deadbull Dead Arena. Yeah. Like, one, yeah, you give them shade and shelter from, you know, precipitation, but then it also helps your atmosphere and your ground mm-hmm. if they're covered. Speaking of BMO, a Toronto FC pro gamer is suspended for violating soccer's uh, game of code of conduct. What, did he get a girlfriend? No. <laughs> uh, 
Um, he basically, the, the whole thing about this is, I don't understand this totally, but... I can explain it. He arranged to sell a player for over market value in order to get FIFA coins, and that is Fox. against EA rules. Okay, so here's the thing. Yeah, so as a player... We don't really go too in-depth. No, no, but as a player... So FIFA, FIFA, FIFA Ultimate Team, right? EA, yeah. EA, FIFA Ultimate Team. You collect... You you can get free ones by doing different achievements in the game and starting just to, to play in it. Then you can buy them with, yeah. with either points you earn in the game or by buying... There's a different type of coin for that you, you pay money and you get. Uh, by being a, uh, an E player for TFC... He agreed to some rules for this turn for to be a part of the league, basically, and he broke the rules by yeah, like you said, he over he sold a player for more than what it was worth. He arranged it basically, yeah, with somebody else. The stupid thing is, or the kind of the stupid thing is, is uh, what the article says is basically he. It doesn't affect him in his league at all because his league, it's like you have an. It's they, an international league. You're going to pick anybody. Yeah, you can pick whoever yeah. you want. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like. It's a different. Two, two it's different kind of like set. stupid from him and also it's kind of like, okay, the rules, I guess they just want ethical players. I don't know. Mm. They want a, a balance. They want to keep yeah. it a cap or whatever. It's the stupidest overpayment of a player <laughs> since the White Caps renewed Brexit's contract. <laughs> oh, really? That one? I was going to say Jarji. Hey, Brett, he came off the bench today and that loss. He was one of the first ones to leave the pitch as well. Yes, um, his dreadlocks must have been. Oh, he didn't point thing. to his tattoo in no. Columbus before he left. <laughs> <laughs> Saskatchewan, uh, some news from there. They're kicking off a summer soccer series um, as kind of like a first step to pro soccer. They're going to be hosting oh. Calgary Foothills uh, for a friendly on May 4th. It's going to be the Sask- Saskatchewan Selects that are going to be playing them. Uh, like I said, they, they're hoping that this is kind of a first step to see kind of build interest in like maybe CPL? Yeah, yes. yeah. So this yeah. is this is really big because, yeah, Saskatchewan wants to be in the CPL. There's uh, there's investors in there. There's supporters there who really want to be in the CPL. So this, they just got to show the government that there's interest. I, I guess, but yeah. yeah. So this the people in Regina and in Saskatoon. I think their games are in both cities, right? Yeah. So yeah, they just they need to show that that there's actually. It, this is going to be viable, basically, and I think, uh, I think th- this. Hopefully, that obviously this goes well, and you see them in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. In I will sorry, long term in the CPL, you want a team in Saskatoon and a team in Regina. Oh yeah, you, be, you want that? Oh yeah, that yeah. that would be fantastic. And, and I've lived I lived in Regina for years, and I've spent some time in Saskatoon, and yeah, I think it would be great because it, literally all they have is the rough is the CFL team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they're, and they're good people, good wholesome people. Yeah. <laughs> And you want to have more players come through from there. I mean, I, I think you can you can just count the amount of Sask- Saskatchewan players that's made it in the pro game on the one hand. Six of them. <laughs> you, are you clear? Mar- Mar- was Martin Ash born there? What was he? I, th- I think for some reason in my you mind. You might be the two hands if you're a Saskatchewan person because they get their hands <laughs> cut off when they're farming and everything like that. They get oh. fingers off. Steve is a farmer, so he knows what yeah. he's talking about. Uh, getting to some serious news now. I. Uh, uh, Kyra McCormick, uh, we well, obviously we know she wrote a blog, but she got some big support from uh, somebody that's in the Whitecaps Ring of Honor, Andrea mm-hmm. Neal, and obviously uh, Canadian Soccer Hall of Famer. Um, she she was one. It's one of the people that talked to the private investigator. Um, she she basically said that it didn't sound right the way that that person was yeah, conducting she's very it. Very scathing about how it went. Yeah, and they, she's also said that few, if any, players that were part of the investigation were even spoken to and none of the parents 
and some of these players were under 18. None of the parents were uh, informed about it at all. Yeah, so uh, the, the key things here are, uh, are, there's a few key things. I think number one is you have someone else corroborating some of what uh, was said in the initial blog post. That's, I think, a very significant thing. Two, like you said, Steve, there are a couple of things here that uh, are concerning about how this, how the investigation was done. Number one, Andrea Neal claims uh, that not all the people affected by uh, what was going on were interviewed. That does not sound logical at all. No, it doesn't at Number all. Number two, according to and- Andrea Neal's post, parents of these of the of minors involved were never connected within this yeah, investigation. Yeah, I thought which that was sounds like they weren't even not even connected. They weren't informed that there yeah. was an investigation going on. And obviously the, 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 the kids were scared enough that they probably didn't tell their parents either because they didn't want to lose their positions on the national team or at the White I, I think I think the significant thing from this is it's, it's not a, this is not going to go away. No. The, 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 I, well, I, I believe there's more stuff. The Kara, Kara said that there are more people that are going to be coming out with more information. And this, this for, like, I'm not saying that she's not credible or that the yeah, coach yeah. is not credible, but Andrea Neal of like where she stands in the Canadian yes. people are going to be hearing her a lot more now and there are going to be and it, not only that she because she came out it'll help other people yes, uh, totally give yeah. their stories as well the, the w- some uh, another element of this which I, I don't know if we touched on when the original blog came out but one of the there's a number of people obviously who are not happy that the 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 football club they support is involved in this and is, has not said anything other than kind of a standard kind of we have a, we have procedures and policies we follow them kind of response which doesn't doesn't do much for uh, around an issue that is so emotionally driven and so mm-hmm. concerning um but my understanding and I, I haven't heard this officially or whatever but uh, and with the, but this makes logical sense is that one of the reasons why they're not saying more obviously because there's liability stuff probably involved, yeah. but two they is that... have to watch what they see. Exactly. Two is that they most likely signed NDAs when all this was was they going did. on. So they can't... They, they probably can't say it more or what they might want to or what they think might help people understand things better. I'm not saying that absolves them of any, no. of, any of anything in this, but... the but thing is, you know, if they come forward and say, we can't say it because it's an NDA, folk will criticize them for that, but their hands are kind of tight. No, but they haven't even mentioned that. No. I, w- I would I would feel a little bit better if they said that. They haven't even said that they, they can't... Legally, they can't say anything. That's my understanding, but obviously that's not an official official yeah. thing. The, uh, the, other, the other part of this is... Um, What's going on with these the, the subsequent BC soccer investigation? So they've come out and said, "Hey, we've done our own. We're doing yeah, our own." And I think this week they're going to make an an report or announcement on it or something. Yeah, because last week they said in, in the coming weeks we're getting yes, close to coming weeks. Yeah, we're getting close to being able to share our findings. So that should be another helpful thing in this process. I think the biggest thing, and I think we talked about it back last month. Uh, or whenever it was, yeah, last month. Um, one of the biggest things around this is you, we people. If you want to support what's going on, or you want to find out what's going, like you need to, because a lot of people want a lot of different things out of this. I think you need to listen to the, these people who are shared their stories and find out what they want and support them in that. And so there's there are people who are doing that. There are a number of things that have happened that are going on. I know some people are. 
let's say, frustrated that not more, there hasn't been more, seemingly more support or that hasn't been more visual or vocal or whatever. Uh, I think um, that's not for necessary lack of effort or a lack of trying to coordinate things in conjunction with the people who are at, at the heart of this. Because the, the worst, one of the worst things that could, no, the worst things, one, a negative thing that could come from this is people not caring about the individuals in this and taking this to, for their own agenda or their own means yes. and stuff. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of conversations yeah. that have been, been happening. And, and I think, I think once there's more investigation reports come out, once, once other things maybe happen, then I think there'll, you'll see more of a public kind of expressions around this. Yeah, because it's not going away. And then, no, and it's no. similar to Kara that the um, uh, Andrea has posted also that she's not looking. She's not looking for blame at this point. No, she yeah. just wants things to change for the future, and that's what I think everybody wants at this point. But there has to be an explanation of what happened back then too. I think that for, in order to move forward, I think that would be helpful, Steve. I think that's fair to say, and that's where the BC soccer response has been, my understanding, been appreciated. Yeah, because it is how do we move things forward? Whereas mm-hmm. the CSA and the Whitecaps. Have kind of just been like this is how this is how we roll. Well, the pressure is going to mount on those two. You feel once the report comes out, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. La- last story. Uh, it was a scary thing yesterday in Newton Athletic Park in Surrey. Yeah. Um, it, it involved 500 people. Uh, there was a report at one point that somebody had a gun in the area in the a, park a area, and this had poking through the bushes. And th- there was a. Uh, it, it was a tournament that the Whitecaps put on with, I think, EA Sports, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And so there's a lot of teams from outside. There were five. It was fully packed, and it, it basically caused a stampede. So that grandstand was full? And a big, a uh, probably. Big everything was, like, full. And, and people started yelling and shouting, and it just caused a stir on and on and on. It kind of, like, was a set of, like, a dominoes going effect where people just started running in all directions, I guess. And there were people trampled, unfortunately. I, don't, I didn't hear of any major injuries. Uh, so hopefully nothing like that. They did arrest, uh, I think it was a male. Yeah. Uh, he had a BB gun, I believe. Imitation gun. They, oh, they it no, wasn't a BB they, gun. They mentioned an imitation gun, so I don't know if that's been updated or not mm-hmm. today. But yeah, scary thing. Some, yeah, initials, some teams didn't want to go back today because they were frightened of, of the situation. These are young kids yeah. that want to I got a message yesterday from someone whose friend was there uh, just re- recounting what he was telling him, and it seemed pandemonium. Every, no one knew what to do, where to go, where to run. Because when, when it's a shooter, that's the thing. Where do you run? You don't know what the safe place is to run. It yeah. is panic. Hopefully, ourselves and everyone listening to this will never be in such a situation. But you just you don't know what the safe place is. Exactly. Sad times. But that is it for this week's episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curve Collective. And something I learned this week on the show is uh, Frank Sidebottom is an interesting fellow. Boss, an interesting fellow. Something I learned on the show tonight is Curva Collective have cards that they hand out when they're bashing folks' heads in, just like the Chelsea Headhunters. I believe that's what it says, because it's like, congratulations, you have just met Curva Collective. I think that's a Jeff Tinker special. <laughs> So it isn't when you're smashing someone over no, the head? No, no. That's, that's how the ICF and the headhunters work. <laughs> yeah, ask just Tinker Wannabe. <laughs> anyway, I am Michael McCall. Follow me on Twitter at AFTN Canada, Instagram, AFTN Soccer, YouTube, AFTN Canada. The preview show will be out midweek. Looking forward to the LA game. We'll be back next Sunday 
looking after the LA game and a lot more beside with a special surprise interview. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. Enjoy the week. Bye, everyone. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Ten minutes left, yeah, but then...